0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kyogo commits his future to Celtic as Jota seals his big money move to Saudi Arabia. Jack Butlin says he aims to emulate Rangers greats and Stuart Kettlewell says he's working exceptionally hard to bring in new faces at Motherwell. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. It's been a busy start to July already, Andrew, with Jota departing Celtic Park for £25 million. The fans will be sorry to see him go, but don't begrudge him his moves and the times he gave at Celtic Park. Park, but to be greeted by the news that Kyogo has put pen to paper and signed a four-year deal, that may soften the blow quite a bit. And across the city at Ibrox, well, Michael Beale continues to build, linked with players left, right and centre, and some deals look to be coming ever closer to being completed. Another week in Scottish football is certainly up and running and we can't wait for the season to start yeah I think it was in the space of about 12 hours two massive stories for Celtic first of all Jota going to Saudi Arabia a fee of around £25 million of course I'm sure there would have been a lot of Celtic fans that would have been disappointed with that despite the fact that it is a huge fee but losing a player that was a a fan's favourite but that news this morning will certainly soften the blow that Kyogo, who you would say is even more of a fan's favourite, has signed a new deal until 2027. Yeah, well, that was a huge one. And it's something that I didn't really see coming. This soon, this close to, to Jota departing. So you've got to give credit to the people behind the scenes at Celtic. Move very quickly. No doubt about it, Jota will be a huge loss for Celtic because he, he came to the club, he was an entertainer um, who provided the, the most important thing assists and goals at the end of it. he had all the tricks and flicks uh, in the bag that the fans want to see but he had end product and that's what you want to see from a winger so a great bit of business bring them in for was it around 6 million something yeah, like yeah. that and to move him on for 25 million pounds incredible but of course he will be missed because he brought success to the side and then the man who signed the new deal um, of course he was supplied heavily by Kyogo so a big job to, to fill Jota's boots, but Kyogo signing for four years, it's a great bit of business behind the scenes. Work must have been ongoing in that for some time because no doubt about it, he's a fan's favourite. The amount of goals he scored over the last couple of years has been incredible. And I'm pretty sure Brendan Rodgers will build a side round about Kyogo. Well, I'm sure you've got thoughts on those two big stories at home. Give us a call, 01419511025. We'll hear a bit from Jack Butland, Rangers' new goalkeeper, later on in the show. So Rangers fans, maybe you've got some thoughts on that as well. We'd like to hear from you, 01419511025. Or maybe you're sitting at home and you're, you're worried about your club's transfer business. Maybe you're excited about what your club has to come this summer. We want to hear from you on that same number or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB but let's head straight to the phones Kevin is a Celtic fan in Motherwell it's been a busy well last day or so Kevin for Celtic what have you made of it all? Oh, it's been, well, I'm actually good and bad news I just say the producer guy there personally uh, and from what I've seen online 99% of people are wishing Joe all the best and I'm one of that 99% and just wish him all the best that he deserves the 192 grand a week I think I'm a huge Celtic fan, and if I played for Celtic, I would I would be off like a shot if somebody offered me 190 grand a week tax free. So all the best to him. Although I would like to know Mark's opinion on this, although he deserves the money, 
there's nobody on earth can tell me that he's no left solely for that reason. There's no football reasons because the Saudi league is horrific. Um, he, the, the Portugal manager just came out a couple of man, months ago and said that he would have absolutely no issues in selecting Jota for the national team. I think he can kiss that goodbye now. There's no chance he's going to get anywhere near the Portugal side um, playing in Saudi Arabia. Um, but I, I wish him all the best. Just thank, thank him for the, the couple of years that he gave us. We've made £17 million profit on him um, because obviously the rest will go to Benfica. So I think it's great business for the club. Brilliant news for Kyogo signing the extension. Um, it's good to see where his kind of loyalties lie. Um, good news as well for Hatati. Because he's come out and said he's no, he's getting no interest whatsoever in going to Saudi Arabia. He wants to stay in Europe, whether it's with Celtic or not, remains to be seen. But um, it's exciting times. I can't wait to see what Brendan Rodgers has got to do with the money, and uh, it's just a really exciting times. Really, to be honest. Yeah, Mark, I put that to you because look, the money that's been talked about in terms of wages for Jota, you're not going to find many people that are going to turn that down. Kevin's talking about the, the standard of the Saudi League. It's clearly a project that. Saudi Arabia believe in you look at the players he's got to be playing with as well the likes of Karim Benzema and Golo Kante will be playing against the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo the Saudi league looks to be on the way up which it could well establish itself as a as a big league but the money's always going to be the big pulling power oh without doubt I mean obviously I agree with Kevin there's no way Jota would go out there or Benzema or Kante or anyone else have the financial rewards weren't there so look Saudi Arabia and the other Middle Eastern countries have got a plan in place and that may be a five, ten year plan and they've went in big at the start. Now they've got their big hitters, they've got Ronaldo over, they obviously try to get Messi over and he he went a different way. But now they're they're trying to pick the cream of the crop. Entertainers like Jota, who £25 million, absolutely a drop in the ocean for them and the wages that they pay, well, it's irrelevant because they can afford it and it'll continue. But I'm with Kevin at the minute. Jota for Portugal would be overlooked probably because the league isn't so competitive. But the more and more of these players that get tempted out, then the standard will go up. Got to remember as well, Jota's a young man. He can go out there for two years. He could come back and and still command a place, one at Celtic probably, or a, a team in England or on the continent and revive his, his international career. So for the money on offer for a young man... Of course he had to take it. Kevin, we'll get on to Kyogo shortly, but just how tough a job does Brendan Rodgers have in replacing Jota now? Uh, not that tough. We, we found he's a, he was a great player, but um, I think it's easier to get in good wingers than it is to get, for example, a, a really good striker or a really good centre-half. I mean, it wasn't so long ago we had Scott Sinclair. The, Scott Sinclair was in, broke the record for the amount of goals he scored in consecutive games absolutely amazing so there will be players out that like that for Scott for Celtic they are in our price range that aren't that hard to tempt here we've now got the money where we can pay not just the transfer fee but we can pay the wages because Jota was on 35 grand a week that would have went to 45 grand if we, could, if we couldn't make a deal with the Saudis so we can clearly afford a, 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 a decent a decent wage here. No, obviously nowhere near Premiership wages, but we can tend good players in, pay them good money, uh, give them Champions League. They play for Celtic, one of the biggest teams uh, historically in the world. We can who who would they want to be here? We've got one of the best managers about. 
mean, it's exciting times. So, but, but that's the problem, up. Kevin. That's that. That is the that's the issue. I get what you're saying. Celtic could attract players here. They could pay big money, transfer fees, and they could hand them 25, 30 grand a week because they've got the money. But it just does not guarantee what Jota brung. So when he came to the club, I was pretty much the same. Looked an exciting signing, but you never quite know what you're going to get. Now, here's a guy that produced 13 goals and 15 goals plus assist after assist and got fans off the seat. You cannot be sure that if you spend that money, you're going to get the same uh, input. Do you go along with Kevin's theory that wingers are easier to replace than strikers and centre-backs? Um, probably, actually, it's not a bad point because you look at the amount of wingers, especially in the Premier League, who probably spend a lot of their time on the bench, um, but their attributes are great. You know, they, they've got blistering pace and they, they've got trickery. To be a goal scorer and lead the line is something special. Pretty much the same at the back through the spine of the team. You need to be strong and resolute. Wingers are never going to play, you know, 50 games a season and, and hit top performance. They're always going to hit peaks and troughs. That's why I was such a fan of Jota because when he did hit a low, it was still a good enough standard that it was probably above the rest. So he was a standout. That's why this team's paid £25 million for him. But it's up to that recruitment team and Brendan Rogers to really put their stamp on it now and bring someone in who's equal to him. Kevin, did that Kyogo news this morning come as a surprise to you? I'm not going to lie, it did. I, I, I didn't think Kyogo was going to leave. I was confident he would stay. But I was quite pleasantly surprised that he signed a, such a big extension. So that came as a that came as a good surprise, mate. I, and just to put Mark up on the Saudi League, the, the more good players that go there. Mark, let's not be kidding, mate. A lot of the players that are off to Saudi are going to be there for a season, two max. They're all retiring, mate. They're, they're all ancient. It's like the new MLS. They're only going to the 37, 38, 39. So, you look at some of the links at the moment, though, and there's talk of players like Bernardo Silva potentially going over. There are more players at this early stage of this sort of Saudi project that are going over. Well, in their peak rather than towards the end of their career. But look, there's obviously still a long way to go and a lot of players that would need to yeah. go over there for that league to be well, know, hugely ambitious. one of the top ones in the world. Hugely ambitious. We, we saw glimpses of China doing it a couple of years ago. MLS, Kevin's touched on, probably a separate entity, the way they run their league. But Saudi Arabia clearly showing that they aren't messing about. So... Kevin's right in one respect that it's going to take an awful lot and some of these players are coming to the tail end of their career. But the more these players pick up and leave Europe to go there, then others get attracted. If Jota was... If it was a one-time thing with Jota and he was the only European player out there and there wasn't a Ronaldo or Benzema or Kante, he may have thought differently about it, even with the huge financial rewards he's getting. But because those guys are there, I bet you that made his mind up a whole lot quicker. So it'll be the same with other players. The league will get competitive, but it's longevity. Are they going to get to a place in years that can rival anything in Europe? Probably not, in my opinion. But the financial rewards will be there for players to tempt him out there. On Kyogo, it's a new deal until 2027. He's 28 years old now. If he sees that out, essentially spending the best years of his career at Celtic. How big a coup is that? Because with the goals he scored, the rate he's scoring at, you would expect there would have been quite a bit of interest in him from elsewhere. Well, there will be interest. Uh, and there's 
there still will be interest. What Celtic have done, they've protected themselves while rewarding their main striker who has produced on the pitch, became pretty much a hero for for most of the Celtic fans out there. Um, but if he keeps scoring goals, you know, teams will still come in, but what they protect themselves is they'll get a healthy sum of money if that has to happen. And Kyogo, the Celtic fans will be delighted that they he's looked at Jota and, and Ange Postacogo going and not being stubborn and saying, no, I don't want to sign a new deal. He is committed, which shows that he loves where he is. And that's what you want your main striker who's scoring goals the last couple of years. You want him to come to pre-season and first day, sign the new contract and say, I'm happy to be here. And that, that puts you in good stead for a, a good season ahead. Well, thank you to Kevin. 01419511025 on the phones. Ross is up next, a Celtic fan in Pollock. Ross, what have you taken away from the last day or so and everything that's gone on at Celtic? Hi Andrew and Mark, hope you're both well. You too. Um, no, I'm a bit like the first caller. I'm a bit gutted that Jota's gone, and when I heard the news that he was linked to the Saudi League, it was only going to go one way. And I don't blame the guy for going. Do you know what I mean? End of the day, if you're getting offered X, Y, and Z amount, then I don't have any any issue with that. Um, I just think obviously it's going to be a massive loss for us next year because Jota did contribute with eleven goals and eleven assists, and to lose somebody of that value. Um, it's going to take a lot to replace him, but I'm actually on, on maybe a point that I think we should maybe look at the guy to Leicester, Harvey Barnes. I don't know if he would be an option to come up with Leicester being relegated. Mm. Yeah, not, not a bad show. Um, has Harvey Barnes not been linked elsewhere as well? Yeah, I've seen him linked with Premier League clubs, yeah. and then it's just obviously Celtic have money in the bank, especially so now with the, the sale of Jota. It's just whether. Celtic are able to compete with these Premier League teams and the, the amount of money because especially with you know there's transfer fees is one thing but wages is another because you don't want to be absolutely smashing your wage structure to bring someone else in because that can kind of unsettle the rest of the squad yeah. if you're going all out and giving someone way more than everyone else I don't think Celtic ever would I, I don't think they have done in the past um, and have kept a, quite a tight lid on things uh, in the past the problem is with players when you're trying to tempt them from a recently relegated Premier League club uh, to Scotland, there always is going to be interest for other Premier League clubs, especially in the case of guys like Barnes. So you're relying on the player, then really buying into one what the club is. And bear in mind Celtic fans get carried away with us that everybody should be a Celtic fan, even if you come from down south. Oh, it should be a great honour. Players don't often see it like that. When they get to the club, of course, they fall in love with it. But it's sometimes the sale to get them to come to Scotland. Now, the lure of the Champions League is there for Celtic, which is a huge bonus. And I also believe that Brendan Rodgers being manager is a huge lure. But, of course, players have got big ambitions are still playing in the Premier League where the majority of money is. So that's the hard job that Brendan Rodgers has got. Yeah, Celtic's... Next moves in the transfer window will be a big test of their financial muscle and, and what they're going to do and their ambitions because, you know, you, you Google Harvey Barnes and the clubs that are linked with Tottenham, Newcastle, you know, the money yeah. that, that Newcastle have at the moment. It's whether Celtic are going to go all out and try and compete with Premier League clubs and, and spend that type of money or well, whether they, they're shopping in a completely different uh, market, they, which they, they have done under. in the last couple of years and has worked for them. Yeah, well, they, they simply can't compete. You know, they've got this war chest of money. Brendan Rodgers got this huge sum of money, Jota sale, Champions League money. But it's absolutely nothing com in comparison to the teams you mentioned there. Tottenham, that's why Ange Postecoglou went there. He'll have 
vast sums of money to spend. Newcastle, well, it's a bottomless pit. So they're shopping in a different market. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. When you see the success that the man who's just signed the four-year deal, Kyogo, brought for a, you know, pennies compared to the money that's been spent in England. Hitati, even Jota, relatively cheap, £6 million, but you punt them for 25 That'll be, I think, the market Celtic will shop in. I just cannot see the days that they go and spend 15 or 20 million. We're speaking to somebody last week and somebody said, would they maybe break the 10 million pound mark? And I said, yes, probably. But again, it doesn't guarantee you. But 15, 20 million pounds is a run of the mill, bang average player in England. And I don't think it's worthwhile Celtic even challenging that when they can get better elsewhere. Yeah, Ross, how do you see Celtic's recruitment plan going forward, do you think they will try and step up in terms of transfer fees and go for, you know, players that are maybe on the market for a bit more or would you expect them to continue the way they've worked for the last few years and bring in players for, you know, cheaper fees? When I say cheaper, you know, some of these players are six, six and a half million pounds in terms of Jota and Cameron and Carter Vickers and then look to sell them on for a profit. No, I agree with what Mark's saying. When it comes to the Premier League, there is that lure for the Premier League, but... I don't know, I just think Celtic need to make a debt in Europe and the only way we're going to make a debt in Europe is by signing quality guys. I think there's a guy playing for Scotland just now and I, I think guy, uh, I think McTominay would be an option and I know people say the, the, the fees and the wages but I think if we could lure him to come up to Celtic and the fact that he's already playing with Scotland would be an option as well because he's actually playing up here. So, Ross, I know you've just sort of dismissed it and said, oh, people will say fee and wages, but that is a huge part of, of any transfer. That's the main part of any transfer. We've got money to spend, though, this year. That's what I'm saying. We've now got money that we can go and compete. So it's not as if we're, we're, we're scraping to get wages. We've actually got money in the bank to spend. And I think we're in a position now where, one, we've got money to spend and we've got the Champions League to lure players. So I, I don't think... Players like McTominay and that would, would would turn us down. I think if we came calling, I think he would. Be, I think he would be an option. Uh, Ross, would 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 you pay fifteen to twenty million pounds for McTominay? Is that even enough to get a Scott McTominay? I don't even I know if that would be enough. Actually, sorry. I would Ross. pay fifteen million. I, I would pay fifteen million for him. But again, if Man United wanted in the excess of twenty thirty million, then I don't think Celtic would go that high. Mark, I agree with you there. I think if there was an option to bring him in for fifteen million and that was acceptable, I would I would I would be looking to to make that offer to that I think that's reasonable. You'd also think if Scott McTominay was on the market for fifteen million pounds, we are just speculating here that there there would be a lot of teams that would also be interested at that price and I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what Scott McTominay is earning a week, but he is a Manchester United player that plays quite a lot of games for them. Yeah. I would imagine he's probably higher paid than anyone in Scotland is at the moment. Oh, so it's then a case so. of Celtic having to either match those wages he's on or him taking a wage cut. And once again, it well, comes back to what market when, when Celtic are last, shopping at. When was the last player you heard that took a wage cut to, to move? There's very few of them, Andrew. Um, if you're tempting a player away from a club like Manchester United, it's probably for the opposite, that you're giving them a, a few extra quid and maybe the opportunity to play still at the same level, Champions League football. So McTominay is a difficult one. I really like him. Ross points out, you know, for Scotland, he's been a star. I think he's got that composure. He's played at a certain level that I think he would fit into the side. It's 
One, the transfer fee and the wages. What Ross mentioned, unfortunately, is what it all comes down to. Well, thank you to Ross. Still plenty of time to get your points in. 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And you can get involved as well. 01419511025. Plenty of talk about Kyogo's new deal and Jota heading to Saudi Arabia. I think that the announcement, the Jota announcement, took some people by surprise last night because it was about 10 o'clock at night. But... I had to double check that the announcement was legitimate because of the announcement video that Aletti had put out, which yeah. was an absolute fever dream of the highest order. I have no idea where the concept came from. Well, if 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 someone if if you've not seen it at home, it's a sort of video game somebody's been type generated thing. Grand where Theft Auto. And then being given the task of coming up with a video. It's like Nuno Espirito Santo drives in his car and then there's cards laid out on the table and some of the players that are on the cards are Anthony Ralston and Alvin Ayeti and Jackie Macus is there twice despite the fact he's not even at Celtic anymore. I have no idea. By the way, if Ralston's watched that, he must be rubbing his hands. He (laughs) must have been thinking, I'm in this deck of cards. I might be picked for 190 grand a week at any minute. But it's strange. You just think, listen, that's the amount of money that these teams have got at their disposal that they can just mock up something like that that will cost a fair penny to construct but all very odd yeah, if it's, uh, someone else can make up their mind about whether it's money well spent or not we'll see but uh, yeah let's hear from you 01419511025 next let's speak to Charles who's a Celtic fan in Greenock Charles how are you? Hi guys how's it good? All good um, all good I, I was a bit shorter um, and some kind of I say criticism he's been getting over the last couple of days. A lot of people are happy to see him go. A lot of the Celtic fans are like criticising him as such for going, but um, a lot of people seem to think he's kind of thrown his career away or something, his international career away uh, because he's signing for uh, Al-Etihad or going to Saudi Arabia. Um, so the, the Portuguese manager has already previously stated that he'd made qualms about playing uh, Jota. Kind of it kind of, kind of backs up our, our league a wee bit. Uh, he's a bit of faith in our league. He's still willing to play uh, Jota, though he's playing here. People think he's, he's, he's throwing his career away because he's going to Saudi Arabia. Are we saying, uh, are people saying that Saudi Arabia has uh, got a worse league than the SPL or SPFL? Is it not more about his career trajectory, Charles, that people were thinking that Jota's next move was potentially going to be the Premier League or La Liga or something like that, yeah, and yeah, that he's, he's, he's taking more of a... I don't know, a sideways step, if you want to say it, rather than a step up? But uh, how, how is it a sideways step? We, we're only saying that because uh, we, we, we're inward looking. We, we generally inward look. It's about us in uh, Europe and Britain. But uh, the world's changing. Uh, I, I read Shoe's piece uh, the other day there, and we talked about how, you know, uh, the way Saudi Arabia's invested a lot of money in different types of sports. And that, and they don't do things bad, and it's not like the way it seemed to happen with China before. It seems to be more constructive this time. But I think that's happened. They're, they're buying the best players from all over the world. So their league must be of a, a standard. So I would say it's probably of a better standard than the SPFL. Bear in mind, bear in mind, uh, bear in mind the amount of money they're spending. Uh, so how, I don't see his career, how it's going to anyway. You don't see that because... Mark, we're, is it not more to do with where people think he could have potentially moved to from Scotland well, rather yeah, than comparing Scotland to Saudi Arabia? and and... You know, the, the Champions League is a huge factor in, in European football. The biggest factor is where everybody wants to play. It's where the elite play and will continue to play. So 
you know, I don't think you'll get many elite players at the top of their game. I don't think you'll see, for instance, I don't know. Karen yeah, Benza won the Ballon d'Or last year and he's over there. And yes, he's in his 30s, but, but he was, I, he was I, the best player in the world in so, 2022. Yeah, but would you see a De Bruyne or someone going out there at the minute? No, I don't think so. The players like that who are on the up or who are at a club who are, you know, really going through a period of sustained success, I don't think they're going to up sticks and leave. Um, but they are attracting players. At the standard, I'll be honest, Charles, I've not watched hardly any, if any, of the Saudi League. I see the occasional clip of Ronaldo, um, but that's about it. So I could not tell you how that standard is at the minute. But what you've got to say is that the financial backing they're getting, they're trying their best to make it a competitive league to what's going on in Europe. I don't think they'll quite get there, but I still think the standard will go up. Now, Ronaldo, of course, still gets picked for Portugal, but Ronaldo's on a different le level from anywhere else, anybody else on the planet. The, the status he's got, you know, and he brings to the Portugal side, he's always going to get picked until he says he wants to wrap it. For Jota, said earlier on, he could go there for a year, two years, make his money, come back to Europe and fit into any other side and, and still have a healthy international career ahead of him. So he's made a, a decision probably based on money, wee bit of ambition, wee bit of intrigue, I would say, to see where this league is going and who's coming up against. But he's made a decision that he knows he can come back still at a good age and play in Europe. Charles? Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I think Celtic got everything right and Jota got everything right. And I thought about the age and come back as well. Uh, and he could, he still, he wills his oyster and then he'll be financially set for the rest of his life sort of thing. Uh, pressure's off and he can choose Pick and choose, maybe where he wants to go. Uh, I think they get everything right. Um, That's the thing, Charles. Um, I would I would play for two years and then just come back and retire at, <laughs> at 28 and just go on holidays every day of my life. But I think I've got a feeling that Jota might be a bit different for me. Aye, I Charles, Charles, was that news this morning about Kyogo? Was that something you were really happy to see? Aye, aye, of course it was. Uh, Alex Hartman, uh, that's good. And I, I thought he would. I thought I thought he'd come out. I thought he looked happy, you know. And the players are and players are people. People have got different motivations in life, and uh, I, he's also a different part of his career as well. But I think he looks happy at Celtic, and it's good. You need a goal scorer. You need a natural goal scorer. And I think a, a team can do anything. See if you get somebody up front and just naturally put the ball in the net. Uh, your team's capable of doing stuff. Uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad to see you. Is that the type of thing that? some Celtic fans will see as a relief because if you've seen Ange Postacoglu leave for England you've seen Jota leave for Saudi Arabia okay. Celtic fans then worried about you know potentially who else could leave the fact that Jota's committed his future for the next four years yes you know teams can still come in and Kyogo sorry um, you know teams can still come in and, and offer transfer fees but that's that's got to offer a level well, of comfort Mark. of course the club's heavily protected now against any bids uh, for Kyogo he's not going to leave on the cheap he's not going to cause unrest in the dressing room throw his toys at the pram and say oh well listen I want to go because it, you know it takes commitment for him to, to put pen to paper but look, listen these these guys are the aces in the park Ange Postacoglu obviously the main one the, the leader of the club being lured away Jota you know Kyogo's probably second in that list and then Jota and Jota left so Celtic fans would have been nervous but the, the thing that surprised me about this Andrew is usually you hear unless I've missed it you might be different you might have heard that these talks were ongoing usually you hear that talks have under 
underway between Kyogo and the club and they're at an advanced stage and it's getting closer. This just came on my radar today as soon as he'd signed and that's how you've got to commend the Celtic board and, and whoever's conducted this deal pretty quietly behind the scenes while other things are going on. There's lots of moving parts. Brendan Rodgers coming one way and Telio coming in and home. And Kyogo just went under the radar and he's managed to sign his deal and it's the best time to release the news right off the back of Jota to soften the blow. Well, thank you to Charles. Let's speak to Jerry, who's a Celtic fan in Erskine. Jerry, how are you tonight? Good evening, guys. Yes, um, just back from the shop, so I had a wee cup of tea, so I'm ready to listen <laughs> to the show. Um, Jerry, I'm glad, I'm glad you're all settled. Right, guys. Um, I was speaking to, to Chris there and I said that... Um, uh, just briefly to mention the Jota thing, I think Mark's right. I think two years max, uh, especially at his age, and uh, I wouldn't even run, uh, rule out the fact that he would return to Celtic maybe in his late 20s because he, he, he had an affection, as most guys do. But what I was going to say was that Brendan Rodgers, nobody's actually discussed what kind of formation he's he's going to sort of adopt next season. Now he's a, he was a stickler for the 4 3 2 1, uh, sorry, 4 2 3 1. All of all of his time at Celtic. Now we've got this batch of wingers now. Haksabanovich, I think, because he actually only had, looked up what, the tail end of last season. He actually only played one single ninety minutes in his in the entire season. So he's obviously brought on or taken off when he did start. Um, and I think he really needs a, a, a decent run in the side. And he's not as good as Jota because uh, Jota's a, a bit stronger in his left foot. But he comes inside, like most of these inverted wingers these days. Um, you've got Mares and Salah at, uh, in the Premier League, and you've got Grealish, who's right-footed on the left, and the other two, uh, the opposite. Now, I've just been looking up this fellow, Marco Tellio, that we've got. He's, again, a left-footed right winger. So that will give Celtic a bit of balance. They've got Abada, if he's still, if he's, he's still there, as a possibility that... Uh, if somebody comes in for him, he'll be gone as well. So you get Forrest and Tilio, Haksabanovic, and I think Mikey Johnson, if his body's a bit more robust from some some uh, a lot of games in Portugal last season. So that's us back to the four winger situation. But if, if Rogers is going to play four, four two three one, what is he going to do with these wingers? So we need to perhaps find out what his uh, ambitions are. Yeah, there's certainly a guessing game, Mark, because we don't know exactly what Brendan Rodgers' plans are and, and what he's going to do. And he's going to go into Celtic with a fresh set of eyes and maybe he'll see something different in the likes of Sead Haksabanovic that, you know, who didn't start many games under Ange Postacoglu. Maybe he is a Brendan Rodgers type player, you never know. But Jerry's talking about the wingers that Celtic have at their disposal at the moment. Would you still expect Brendan Rodgers to go into the market and find a direct replacement for Jota? Um, it's a big call that because Jerry's highlighted the amount of wingers we've got and he actually is right to highlight that Mikey Johnson back at the club and might just get another crack at the whip under Brendan Rodgers but whether it's 4 2 3 one or 4 3 three, it's, it's much the same you're playing with you know basically three in midfield and you're playing with two wide guys so I don't think that'll affect things um, of course you've got Maeda there I wonder if Maeda is going to be Rodgers' type um, very much Hans Postacoglu's type for the work rate he puts in but Brendan Rodgers more you know likes creative players in the final third and I wonder if Maeda will fit in there so I would agree Haksabanovic it's a big six weeks for him I think coming up you know pre-season training 
um, impressing the manager, standing out, and then when the games come about, really putting a stamp on that he's there to play in the starting 11, not be a bit part player. I believe he's got the quality, I just don't think he's he's really lived up to what people thought he would be. Of course, when you've got competition like Jota and when Maeda played every week, no matter how he played the week before, uh, and you've got a badder with his return, it was incredibly difficult. So this might just be the lease of life that he needs. Um, if you're asking, I still think Brendan Rodgers will look to bring someone else in because James Forrest's time may be limited. Mikey Johnson, like Jerry says, you don't know what you're getting, if he's going to be fit enough. So that still leaves you, in my opinion, a wee bit short that Rodgers will add to it. So from what you're saying, Jerry, do you think Celtic are covered with the players that are at the club or are you expecting Rodgers to make his move for a winger? No, I don't think he'll go for another winger. <clears throat> um, the midfield still, I mean, we're, we're not sure about Iwata. Um, and, um, and Turnbull, of course, I think was largely uh, ignored by, because uh, he was actually sometimes, when five substitutes were on, he was still on the bench. So Rogers might know something about him. He wasn't there, of course, when when they were there the last time. I don't think. Um, so this, I think we're, we're actually fairly late because we could still lose somebody else from that midfield group. Um, nobody's talking about O'Reilly just now, but you know what happens in the last two weeks. You know, somebody comes in for him, Brighton or something like that, and he's gone. You know, um, I think you'll we need to find out if Rogers wants scales. Um, as well shown, his skills going to be given another chance, along with the uh, the main two. Um, and will will he fancy Kobayashi? So I still think we need a a definite centre back. Um, and I don't think there's any chance of Tierney coming coming back and loan. What's going to happen to Taylor? And you know, I think that's, I think Tierney will play for Celtic again at some point in his career, but certainly not as a loan player. No, I don't I don't see that happening. So I think we're okay in defence if we get one more centre-half. Well, thank you to Jerry. More of your calls next, but first of all, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Cash Register. Well, finally, today, after three days of no winners, Yvonne from Carntine won £32,300. And safe to say, she took the news well. No, no way. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking. Thank you so much. She said just when she got the call, she was thinking about how she would keep her three kids entertained during the summer holidays. I think she'll probably find plenty <laughs> to do now. She's uh, got no an extra that. 32 grand in the bank. But now it's over to you and it's your chance to win £33,333. You could be answering the call from Gary Spence, but you need to be in the draw. To enter, text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. If you get the call after three o'clock tomorrow, answer within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount which is £33,333 texts are £2 plus your standard network rate online entry is £2 or you can enter by calling 0330 calls are charged at the standard rate it's over 18s only and all the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website so for your chance to win text YES to 61025 and you could be more than 30 grand richer tomorrow good luck 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We want you to get involved as well. 0141-951-1025. Let's go straight back to the phones. Brian is a Rangers fan in Lark Hall. Brian, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I've got a couple of things. Uh, I'd like to speak about Dessers after I make my first point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saudi league thing is very bad for the game. Very bad for the game. You know, they, these people are just... Uh, they're throwing their muscle. They're giving players uh, from Europe the opportunity to go over there and earn vast sums of money. I mean, this is not a new thing, but normally you would go over to a league like that and finish your career, top up your pension. But when they're starting to attract younger players, uh, to me, it's to the detriment of the game. The thing is, Mark, what what people will say here is that it's it's to the detriment of the game here, but... People in exactly. Saudi Arabia will say it's it's great for their game and that's what they're looking to promote. They don't really care about the, the image of what's happening Listen, over we only, we only need to look over the border, Andrew. When the English Premier League formed it, went into the Premiership, the Sky Money came in, was at round about 92. Mm-hmm. And where that took English football in comparison to our own football and they're paying players vast amounts of money. Look at Haaland, what he's earning in England. So... You know, Saudis are hugely ambitious and they've got the pockets to back it. So they're trying something. They've got a business plan. They're trying to attract younger, more fashionable players, not just as a pension plan, but to try and make it as competitive as possible. So it's a bit hypocritical to then start pointing the finger and saying, this is terrible for the game. When other countries throughout Europe have tried it, Europe, we kind of just be selfish and say, let's keep all the best players here. People have got money to back it then. You know, on you go. Brian? Mark, your analogy there, uh, talking about the English Premier League and the Saudi League is actually quite ridiculous. The English Premier League is one of the most relevant leagues in Europe, world football. The Saudi League will never be relevant, no matter how much money they throw. I'm surprised Jota a young player You're saying it's not relevant Brian we've we've spent most of this show talking about it Cristiano Ronaldo's over there Karim Benzema's over there and Golo Kante's over there there are big names Brian when you say it's ridiculous I I was merely pointing out that something was built not too far from here through finance and it was through the finance Mm. of the broadcast it was built through the finance of the broadcaster Sky pumped hundreds of millions in that just took them so far away from us that we couldn't even touch them. Now, I'm not saying that Saudi's ever going to get there. I, I'll probably agree with you. But what I'm saying is, you kind of say it's bad for football, for them trying, when they've got the money. They've got this excess sums of money and they're trying to get the sporting world over to that part of the world. It started with Qatar, or probably before Qatar. You look at the boxing um, fights that have now been taken there Boxers will only accept the big fights That are out in that Middle East So they're now trying up with football So it's not ridiculous Something was built pretty close by That's sustained It won't get close to it But they're trying Brian There's also a whole other argument About sports washing and ethics And human rights Which is certainly a discussion for another time But Brian what was your point on Rangers? Right we'll just be agree Disagree there uh, But I still stick to my guns. 
It doesn't matter how much money they throw at that league, it will never be relevant. Yeah, so just about Dessers. Uh, the report yesterday that he'd already uh, had his medical and the talk that he was going to sign today and it seemed to have went really, really quiet. Yeah, Brian, I would expect that one to, to get over the line officially tomorrow. Right, okay. I mean, I know sometimes these things, you know, can take more time than they should. But yeah. I, I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried, but I was just wondering why it went quiet. No, I would expect uh, that one to be officially wrapped up tomorrow. Is that one that you are excited about? Yeah, I think we're, uh, I think we're doing well. Well, uh, bringing in players early, you know, every manager wants that. They want them to be included in pre-season throughout. Sometimes that's not possible. Uh, but we brought in six players of Dessert signs. Uh, I think there'll be more players going out the door. It really depends what we're going to do within the next week or two. If we bring another centre-back in and we bring another centre-forward, I would expect us to look to sell Davis and Cholak. Yeah, is that the next big thing for Rangers, Mark, is who goes out because five bodies in the door already. Serial Dessers looks as if he'll be announced tomorrow. That'll be six. There's talk about... Jonathan Panzo, the Nottingham Forest central defender who could also be signing. That's seven. Rangers are going to have a, a pretty big squad by the time these are all complete. Well, they will, but just at the end of the season, we were seeing how many players had to be shifted or would be moving on and Michael Beale had to concentrate on who was replacing them. To be fair to Beale, he is concentrating and getting new faces in the door before he even approaches the subject of who's moving out. I, I dare say there will be people that will move on. Um, uh, Michael Beale would have probably had conversations with certain players. I think Kamara, we listened to just a couple of weeks ago and the conversations he had and that might fall suit. But, you know, obviously you need to look at the balance sheet and see <laughs> how much wages you're paying it compared to what you're getting in return. And if there's going to be bit part players on a lot of money, then it's part of the manager's job to move them out. But I think Michael Beale's concentrating on the right areas of the pitch at the minute getting them in quickly, getting to work with them in pre-season and probably more will follow. But um, you're right, that uh, may add to a, a top-heavy squad. Yeah, Brian, how intrigued are you to see how this Rangers side lines up? Because this is the first summer in a while that Rangers have had a complete overhaul, a complete revamp with maybe this many players coming in that you'd expect to go in and probably start a lot of games. Yeah, it's going to produce and intriguing is the right word. Uh, every transfer, every recruitment is a gamble. Uh, you could bring a talented player in and he doesn't settle or he doesn't uh, maybe the pressure because there's a lot of pressure you know, at my club. Uh, we'll just need to wait and see how that goes. Uh, but I'm very excited. We probably should have done this maybe 18 months, two years ago. Uh, you know, once a squad is still together, even four or five years, it starts to get a bit stale. And uh, Michael Beale, if they're anything like the two players that he brought in in January, then they'll do for me. Yeah, just quickly, Mark, there's obviously a, a big element of risk to a revamp of this size or a rebuild of this size, but getting the players in early, how big a help is that? Of course, because you get to work with them, and that's what Michael Beale has to do. He's worked with other people's players, he's got his own ideas, 
he, he'll have to put them across pretty quickly. So if you can get them in for the first day of pre-season, then of course gives you a good four weeks to work with them before the season starts. Well, thank you very much to Brian. Unfortunately, that is all we've got time for tonight. It has absolutely flown in. But don't worry, we will be back tomorrow night from six o'clock. I'll be in the studio with Hugh Keevans. I don't even think we got a chance to play that Jack Butland interview from today. So maybe we'll get a chance to hear that tomorrow night as well. But thank you for tuning in at home. Thank you for all your calls and thank you for for your tweets as well. I'm sure we'll hear from many more of you tomorrow night. Thank you very much to Mark Wilson in the studio as well, but stay right there because Callum Gallagher is up next. He's got songs from the likes of Joel Corey and Lewis Capaldi.